things out. But the point of these three questions is to get us to reevaluate where we're at. It's to get us to start thinking about, well, do I just go to church on Sunday? Is, is, is that good enough? Just going to church, just being at church? Or, or do I really need to think about what I'm doing for God? Am I talking to people about Jesus? Am I, am I reading my Bible on a daily basis? Am I praying on a daily basis? Am I wanting and desiring to be around other Christians? I know life gets in the way and life kind of holds us up on some of those, some of those aspects. But if you think about it, you have, you have 168 hours in a week. You have 24 hours in a day. So would it take you too much time to spend an hour a day or devoting an hour a day to God or devoting a few hours to God, you know, several times a day? What would it take for us? What, what's stopping me from devoting my life to God? And how can I overcome that? And that's what we talked about on Sunday morning. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Tulare Church Podcast. We'd like to take a moment to thank you for engaging in our content as we seek to help others grow in their relationship with Jesus. We hope and pray these sermons and talks will inspire you to take your next step in your faith journey. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of your week. Uh, Welcome back again. uh, I know this is kind of a different type of episode uh, for you. I promise it won't be too long. Um, but I just want to review some of the things that we talked about on Sunday morning. Um, and we had a, a lesson uh, that we talked about that was not so much about what faith is, but rather what we put our faith in, right? Because that's totally different. And we can define what faith is pretty easily. Um, but a lot of times we don't think about what we put our faith in. And that was kind of the big deal looking at these passages. Now, the reason that point got brought up was because we were looking in the book of Hebrews. Now, if you don't know anything about the book of Hebrews, um, it's written to a Jewish audience who is struggling with their faith in Christ. In other words, they're saying, well, Christianity wasn't thought what I thought it would be. And so I really want to go back to Judaism. I really want to go back to where I was before because that was ultimately better for me. And so the Hebrew writer's argument, uh, it's actually what we would consider uh, calling a homily, which is a written out sermon. And so if you think about it, his arguments are, are, are very much in the form of how you would speak them. So at some point, somebody wrote these down. We don't know who the Hebrew writer is, where he was from. Uh, I mean, you could take a lot of guesses, uh, but the point is, and the thing that we're really looking at all the way through, all the way through the book is this theme or this idea that Jesus is better. That those who thought that the law was better or that going back to the law would be better were actually wrong. And the Hebrew writer just lays out these arguments for these individuals who are struggling with that thing going through their mind. Um, So all the way up until about the middle of chapter 8, He's talking about the different aspects of the law, and he's talking um, about those in contrast to their faith in Jesus. 
And when he gets to about the middle of chapter 10 or the end, towards the end of chapter 10, um, he starts applying it practically. He starts giving it um, some, some meaning. He starts giving it some practicality. He starts telling us what, what we can do with, with what we've heard. And uh, towards the end of chapter 10, he tells them, you know, hey, if you're, you know, if you're struggling with this, just understand that where you came from and where you're going, where you came from is much better than, or, or where you, where you're going is much better than where you came from. Uh, and he leaves them with this at the end of chapter 10. Um, but we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith preserving to the soul. Then he gives us this definition in chapter 11 and verse one, one we're all very, very familiar with and, and very um, understanding of. He says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In other words, he's explaining to them that faith is not about the amount of works that you do or the things that you get done, but faith is about trusting and believing in God. Uh, trusting and believing that God can do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Um, believing that God will deliver. And then he gives this list of examples. Uh, verse 2, he says, For by it men of old gained approval or gained a good testimony. So he's about to tell us about all these different um, patriarchal characters, uh, ones that they would be would have been from very, very familiar with um, if, they were, if they had grown up in the Jewish religion, if they had grown up um, practicing Judaism, which if you were in Judaism, if you were a Jew, you were a Jew for your entire life. And those who converted from Judaism to Christianity struggle with this concept. It's one of the reasons we see uh, such a big blow up with uh, things like uh, circumcision in the book of Galatians and the book of Romans, where they were trying to add to the gospel and saying that those who were Gentiles had to now be circumcised in order to be saved. And so these concepts of, of Judaism were transferred over somewhat into Christianity. Now, uh, when this book was written, uh, there was a great deal of persecution taking place in the church. Christianity was outlawed. It was illegal. Um, anybody who was caught being a Christian would have been killed or tortured or thrown in prison. It was just an awful, uh, an awful time, um, you know, to publicly proclaim that you were a Jesus follower. And so um, these individuals were saying, well, we want to go back to Judaism because it's better. We have less persecution. We have less discouragement. You know, God said it was this, but it's not working out the way that we thought it would work out. So we'd really, really like to go back. And he says, well, in this letter, chapter 11, he says, well, if you don't believe me, let me tell you about these men of old. Let me tell you about these people. And he starts actually with the creation account which, again, they would have been incredibly familiar with because they're looking at their lineage as, as coming from Adam. Um, and before Adam, we read about the creation of the world. And so he says in verse 3, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, right? By the spoken word of God. God spoke our world. God spoke the earth. God spoke the waters. God spoke the universe into existence. We understand. We know. We that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things which are visible. In other words, what he's saying is what we have here um, is, is not just 
um, something that was already here that God made, but God made these things out of the things which are invisible so that they could be visible <laughs> to the human eye. And then he goes through all of these characters. He actually lists eight, 18 names. Um, and you would it would be more, but a lot of these characters in chapter 11. I encourage you to go and read chapter 11 for yourself. Um, read chapter 10. Read the whole book of Hebrews because it is just an unbelievably phenomenally phenomenal book. Uh, and I recommend it to everybody um, who's maybe struggling with their faith or want to find some encouragement or want to understand some things about the Jewish faith and, and how those roles play. But he mentions, he starts with the character of Abel. He goes all the way down, well, all the way to, uh, to uh, Rahab um, and, and talking about Moses and talking about um, the conquering of Canaan. And he really leaves us, uh, well, and even through the judges, uh, he talks about and he leaves us there in chapter at the end of chapter 11 um, to talk about um, what it was uh, well he says this in verse 39 of chapter 11 and all of these having gained approval through their faith did not receive what was promised in other words they didn't receive immediately god said something but but they died without having received the promise because god had provided them something better for us so that apart from us they would not be made perfect in other words they were waiting for the time when jesus would come to make all things perfect that the original relationship with god was a relationship with faith not a relationship of law and what we're looking forward to and what we're what we're trying to get is actually to be in the presence of god well the question was well how do we get there do we get there by judaism or do we get there by by following jesus and so at the end of this at the end of the chapter going into chapter 12 he recounts what he's talked about this entire time. He says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So he's encouraging them um, by saying, look at all these people that, that made it to the presence of God and they didn't receive their promises right away. You've got to quit being so impatient. You've got to quit being so, you know, well, this isn't working out for me. So how, what, what happens from here? Where do we go from here? Um, I'd really like to go to back to Judaism because it's more tangible. I can see it. You know, I know when my sins have been forgiven because I sacrifice my lamb every year. And when the high priest goes into the Holy of Holies and sprinkles the blood of the lamb and the Ark of the Covenant, I know that happens. I know that happens because I see the priests cooking the dead lamb and I see all of these different things taking place. And he says, you know, let's, let's put aside all of our, our bad vibes. Let's put all aside, all of our uh, resentment and, and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So what's the race? The race is to be in the presence of God, to get to heaven, um, to get to where humanity is in its complete form, i.e. with God, right? So uh, verse 2, he says this, and, th and this is really the pinnacle of kind of what we talked about uh, yesterday or Sunday morning. He said, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. In other words, he did it. He was the, the individual who created this map, this roadmap. He is the way. He is the one who's 
guiding us. He is the one who's set the example for us. And you know what? Not to mention that these people also would have known that Jesus himself was a Jew. Jesus grew up in Judaism. Jesus had a Jewish father. He had a Jewish mother. He practiced the law. He went to synagogue. Um, he, he read the Torah. He did all these things. He went to the temple and sacrificed uh, lambs for sin, which is kind of strange to think of, being that Jesus had never, in fact, sinned in his entire life. Um, so again, why he didn't, I have no idea. The, the scriptures do not tell us exactly why that happened. He said, but we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. We have to look to Jesus, looking, looking, moving, fixing our eyes on Jesus, our focus on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. In other words, Jesus never lost his mindset for his mission. Jesus's focus was always in the right direction. Jesus's focus was always, I'm going to go sit at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to get to where humanity is complete. And I have to do this so that the rest of humanity knows where and what and why and where they're supposed, what they're supposed to do and where they're supposed to go. So the, the important part of this, you know, and I think when you look at this from, from a, you know, from a, a first century perspective, uh, you can see you can see that their focus, their, their fixation was, was focused on the wrong things. They were focused on terminal things. They were focused on what they could see and grab. And instead of trusting God that, you know, he sent his son Jesus to die for the entire world, to die for our sins, we have a group of people who are struggling with that end of it. And so uh, l- let me just kind of relap here. That when we're faced with this kind of turmoil, um, when we realize that our faith really isn't in God, that our faith isn't something else, and we begin to shift our faith, shift our faith, we can start asking the the right questions. Well, you know, we need to figure that out beforehand. We need to be asking these questions now. You know, where is my faith? Um, you know, a lot of times we have these, what I like to call roadblocks, um, where we're placing our faith in things that are keeping us from putting our faith in God. In other words, we're, we're defining faith as something that's, that's believing in, um, that's reaping the benefits from. When we put our faith in God, we reap the benefits. We reap the benefits of putting our faith in God. When we don't, we don't. And so um, what, what I spoke about on, on Sunday morning was uh, we need to reevaluate our state. And, and that needs to be a constant goal, a constant striving for for followers of Jesus. I need to reevaluate my state all the time. I need to figure out what my roadblocks are. So I reminded, uh, I want to remind us again um, of the three questions that we talked about that Sunday morning. Uh, Well, number one, um, what do I prioritize over God? Uh, Well, there's at times there can be things that I prioritize over God. I love my hobbies. I, I love, um, I love my family but I've got to remember that my ultimate goal is to live in the presence of God. So what do I have to do in order to get myself there and to get my family there? Well, again, we could say that there's nothing really I, I can do, but I can take steps in the right direction. I can place my faith in Jesus and, and I can work for him and I can put my hand to the plow and I can, 
uh, I can make strides in my life. Not that that is the thing that's ever going to get me to heaven because we solely rely on, on the grace of God to begin with. But what do I prioritize over Jesus? What do I prioritize over God? What in my life is causing me not to put my faith in God? And is that the roadblock that I need to uh, fix? And then you got to ask uh, question number two, what are my roadblocks? You know, is, is it my faith? You know, is it, is it a faith thing? Is, it, is, is what's keeping me from growing me putting my faith in something else, uh, me putting my love into something else, me putting my time into something else, me putting my money into something else. What is, what is stopping me from moving forward, from growing, from, from becoming a more mature follower of Jesus? What are my roadblocks? And then question number three, um, what, what are my roadblocks or how are my roadblocks preventing me from growing? How are my roadblocks preventing me from growing? Uh, what what barriers are in between you and that and your growth and your maturity and your spiritual maturity and your spiritual understanding of maybe how God operates and maybe how God doesn't operate? And not that we're ever going to figure those things out. But the point of these three questions is to get us to reevaluate where we're at. It's to get us to start thinking about, well, do I just go to church on Sunday? Is, is, is that good enough? Just going to church, just being at church? Or, or do I really need to think about what I'm doing for God? Am I talking to people about Jesus? Am, am, I, am I reading my Bible on a daily basis? Am I praying on a daily basis? Am I wanting and desiring to be around other Christians? I know life gets in the way and life kind of holds us up on some of those some of those aspects, but if you think about it, you have you have 168 hours in a week. You have 24 hours in a day. So, would it take you too much time to spend an hour of day or devoting an hour a day to God, or devoting a few hours to God, you know, several times a day? What would it take for us? What what's stopping me from devoting my life to God, and how can I overcome that? And that's what we talked about on Sunday morning. Thank you for listening to the Tulare Church Podcast. If you have questions, feel free to send us a text at 559-224-4883. Drop us an email or reach out to us on our Instagram or Facebook page at Tulare.Church. Have a great rest of your week and God bless.